Hello there. Welcome to episode 9 of Death by Papercut, a show about cutting holes in paper. I'm your host, Joseph Richards, and you can find me on Instagram at In the Perimeter. Today, I'm joined by Emerson, a stencil artist out of Los Angeles. We get into how she got started, which is definitely a unique story, what it's like being a female in the mostly male space of stencils and street art, and she also has a really great tip for those of you that use screens for your stencils. And that's part of really one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is I learn something new each and every episode. So let's get to Emerson. Hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Happy to be here. I was talking to my wife the other day. I said, the podcast is getting a little too dude heavy. We got to start mixing that up. So I appreciate you uh, you being the first female on here. Yeah, of course. I feel like it unfortunately kind of conveys the whole field, though. A lot more dudes than ladies out there right now. Yeah, I did want to ask you about that uh, once we get going. But kind of start where we always start is, is how did you get started with, with stencils? I got started and I think kind of a different way than a lot of people, which I think is also something that a lot of people say, but (laughs) (laughs) I actually uh, was introduced to them in middle school. I went to this weird liberal performing arts school up in Santa Monica and you were required to take art classes. So I took this one art class and the teacher taught us how to make stencils. And like from that moment, like I was you know, I just wanted to do it. And so I went home and I kept trying to do them. And I, I hear you guys talk about stencil revolution a lot. I couldn't find that website. I found this other website that just had all of these awful stencil templates that I was, uh, cutting out. And I never really was able to conceptually get past the single layer phase. Although, uh, very recently my parents dropped off some boxes of my stuff and in it were, a bunch of my old stencils from, uh, what is that? How old am I? Like 12, 13 years ago. And like a half cut, really bad looking stencil of the red hot chili peppers. And then (laughs) my first attempts, I didn't even realize that I had done this, but like trying to do uh, multi-layer stencils, which looking at it now, I was actually kind of on the right track. It's just I didn't have any of the tools or mental fortitude to really carry it out. <laughs> Do you remember what that stencil was that you cut in the art class? I don't even remember. I know that uh, the teacher had given us like templates to that he had already printed, I think. But I do remember I went straight home and I cut out a stencil of the AFI logo because I was an emo kid. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but that's good. <laughs> you gotta own it. Yeah, it's funny. We've had a couple different guys we've talked to about that they do classes like Mowgli and uh, Zob, where they do the same thing. They kind of bring pre-cut stencils and let people paint and learn that way, which I always thought was an interesting way to attack that. Yeah, when I I heard I heard Mowgli talking about that, and at first. Like once he started to explain it, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, even when I'm like showing people, I've shown a few people how to make stencils and like they, they have a lot more trouble with the um, spraying part than anything else. And, you know, just like you talk about it a lot, uh, people who don't do stencils have a lot of trouble conceptualizing how they work. So it makes a lot of sense that having them spray it and learn how to use the can and see how it comes to life first would really translate to them being able to design the stencil and cut it out and really understand what goes into it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the the painting is always a big shock to people because I I feel like you you instinctively just want to make sure it's covered so you just put on way more paint than you need. So much. Yeah. So that's always... I thought that was a great way. And then I talked to Zob and he said he would do kind of like sponges for like little kids. And let them do it on that way, just to to let them paint something. Obviously, you don't want them running around with exacto knives and and spray paint cans. So, I thought that yeah. was a good uh, good learning method too. So definitely, yeah. 
Well, that's cool that you learn it in school. Yeah, that's definitely different. I haven't heard anybody say that. Did anybody else kind of from that class stick with it like you did? I don't I don't think so. I also have no re- recollection of anyone who was there. Uh, uh, I know that, you know, I went to a school with a lot of creatives, so there are a lot of, like, amazing artists who have come out of the school, but I haven't noticed anyone who I still follow kind of posting anything similar to what I do. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You talked about the multi-layers. What did you use to to kind of break through that and, and figure out how to do those? The one that I saw that my uh, was in my random box of stuff uh, was my high school logo. Um, so that one was a little bit easier because it was color blocked off. I remember a little bit earlier on, I tried to do a stencil of my parents for their anniversary and recalling how I was doing it because I didn't have Photoshop. I like barely knew how to use a computer because I was like 12 or something. And like remembering how it turned out, like it, the structure did actually a really good job of following how I do my stencils. Now it was just really bad looking. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't have any shades of color. So I had like green and then like a, red splotch for one of the foreheads and then like yet like it just didn't make sense and the fact that you can make out my parents at all in that imagery is just a miracle well they probably really liked it right uh i mean they don't have it anymore so i can't (laughs) can't say that definitely (laughs) when you're first starting to though you're kind of at the mercy of whatever cans you have on hand so I guess when people play bingo a lot, they have these special markers that you just kind of dab the numbers out. I had those. I didn't even have, (laughs) I didn't have sponges or anything. That's what you used to paint it? Those markers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's funny. all bad. Yeah. Man, you, you (laughs) (laughs) that is, yeah, no, that's very unique. I haven't heard that. I mean, usually like I started with like the Rusto at the hardware store. It's kind of like the entry level spray paint, but yeah, I've never heard of the uh, the bingo markers. I don't know where that falls on the scale. That might be below the uh, hardware store paint. It absolutely is. My parents just <laughs> didn't want me to. Have, they didn't want me to have spray paint. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I think about that now because I have kids, and I talked to one guy who used like water based spray paint, so he can use it inside. And I know they make other stuff that you can use inside, but they just don't have the same. Uh, color selections so yeah i haven't even tried yeah i just I, it's just interesting like how much is available now like i've seen like chalk spray paint thought about getting something like that for the kids so they could go out and do it it's just i remember i tried it one time but i had to like nobody made it so i bought a bunch of pieces of, like that jumbo chalk and like ground them all up and put them in like a little i did it in, like a little spray bottle which is not enough pressure so it did not uh did not work but yeah. It was a, a, a for effort, I guess, on that one. Yeah. You gotta fail until you find something that works. Right. So how has your process kind of changed from, from then to now, like with your multi-layers? Well, shortly after that, I kind of just stopped making stencils for mm-hmm. a long time. I think uh, from 2010 or even earlier, 2009 to 2018, I wasn't doing anything. I just kind of stopped even... I didn't have, you know, it just wasn't something that I did. It was something that I had left behind. And I moved into an apartment in 2018 and wanted art and didn't have any money. So I just started picking it up from there. And, you know, I started out obviously first with uh, single layer stencils. Uh, but then I just kind of jumped in and started like kind of trying to create my own designs, uh, downloading not Photoshop, but the free version. I, th- I think it's called GIMP. Yep, yep. Yeah, and trying to use that to do designs and like just kind of very quickly on noticing the progression in like detail and ability and technique, just kind of the confidence in it is what like changed the most. But obviously, it's always changing. You know, I'm kind of going through a transitional phase right now with how I'm doing things, and it's just kind of trying to. Because I can't draw, I I do stenciling because I cannot draw, which I am now uh, was a which, which was a point of shame for me. But I'm kind of now learning that is not super uncommon. No, 
uh, I gu guilty as well here. So yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to force myself to learn how to draw and I hate it. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. And, uh, I know that is common and I hear people, I watch like people on YouTube and I listen to people talk about it. And it's just like, I know that with most art, like you go through the ugly phase and then you want to give up and like the ugly phase for me is so long. And then sometimes it doesn't end and it's just like, oh my God, but you know, I'm trying, I'm trying really, really hard to kind of get more like involved with hand drawing my stencils instead of just working off of photos and digital editing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's tough too, though, because once you're at kind of a competent level of this to basically say you're going to start all over and learn a different way. I'm the same. I have a, a Udemy course, like how to draw that I bought months ago and haven't <laughs> haven't even touched it yet i know it would be better in the long run like what you're saying it's just hard to it's hard to want to go through all those steps again yeah but it's it's i mean it's kind of like i guess almost like doing drugs even though it's like not the greatest thing to say but like i did one good drawing once early on and i've been like chasing that and trying to get like to where i feel that level of like accomplishment with another drawing and it's getting closer it's just I'd rather go and cut out a stencil and design a stencil because I know how to do that. Right. So what's what's kind of your end goal with that? Like you want to be able to make edits on your own or you want to like actually hand draw all your layers? I'm honestly not even sure exactly. I'm just kind of like at the point where I'm trying to develop the skill. Um, obviously the ability to kind of manually edit would be super beneficial. But I think the idea of being able to kind of draw out some stuff is a really cool thing to strive for. And also it saved me a lot of money in printing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just kind of trying to expand myself as an artist overall and see what comes of it. Because sometimes I get ideas of what I want to do as I'm learning to draw. And that wouldn't have popped up if I wasn't trying this new thing. That makes sense. Yeah, I have a notebook of ideas, and a lot of them are kind of at the mercy of whatever photo I can take or find. Yeah. But being able to actually draw would let me do all those and not have to, you know, a lot of those photos I'm not going to be able to take myself just because exactly. of what's around me. But, and I also don't want to spend days scrolling through Creative Commons photos to try and find something that might work. So I just have this sad notebook page of... <laughs> ideas that I haven't gotten around to because I can't execute them yet. So yeah, I definitely see the benefit. Hopefully this will motivate me to stop being lazy and actually take that course I bought forever ago. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's, it's weird because like, obviously I'm sure, you know, like you get into cutting out your stencil and suddenly like a lot of time has passed and you don't even notice, but like, at least for me, like I kind of go into, I think Mowgli was saying like a therapeutic or meditative state through it mm -hmm. so it goes by really quickly but like with drawing I don't I don't slip into that same phase but the time still goes like really quickly for some reason so where like I'm cutting out a stencil and I look and it's like been three hours and I'm like oh wow that was awesome I feel great I'm really happy with where this is going uh, I'll draw for three hours and I'll be like oh man <laughs> 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 that was three hours I wasn't calm or rested it was just and I'm still like in the developing stage so I don't even get to look at it and be excited yet but yeah you know working on it working on my attitude towards it as well <laughs> yeah I guess it's it's probably harder to see the progress because you don't have as much control like what the final version is going to be yeah and my brain just doesn't work that way like with a stencil, I can know, and I've said this to other people too, you, I, when I'm cutting, I can kind of, once I figure out what needs to go in what order, like cutting wise, I'm just kind of on autopilot, you know? And then yeah. you look up and yeah, like you're talking about, it's been a few hours and you're like, cool, made some progress today and pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the video of, I think it was you cutting that Rosa Parks one. Would you film like eight hours or the last few hours? Your time lapse that you posted? That was, I think, like the last eight hours or something. 
And the whole time that I was cutting it, I was just like, man, this is like the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? What is it like? Just cut out the same shape over and over and over again. Honestly, if they weren't so small, it would not have been so bad, but it was just, you know, they, it was just these tiny, tiny squares, thousands and thousands and thousands of tiny squares, uh, very close together. And it was just kind of so, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I blocked out a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> I started like thinking my, my mind just started thinking in squares cut out paper. <laughs> Well, I would think mentally it'd be hard to even sit back down again and just know, all right, we go cut some more squares. Like, yeah, I'm, I forever. mean, part of it, yeah, part of it too. The last, the last two and a half layers that I cut out, actually, I had COVID uh, during that time. So literally, I, I was trapped in a place that I couldn't leave. I mean, not trapped, but I was in a, an apartment that I couldn't leave. So, it was either sit down and stare at a wall or sit down and cut out a stencil. Uh, so I think that helped a lot because I don't think I would have gotten it done as quickly if I had the ability to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. How long did that one take? I I honestly can't, I could not keep track on that one. I know that I started it and it took about three three or four months from the start time, but I don't know how many like hours of cutting I actually put in. I had a period where I would track hours, but I don't do that anymore. I can kind of tell maybe by like the episodes of TV or podcasts I listen to, but I don't, I couldn't tell you either. I just know it's a lot on most of them. Yeah. I know like to a degree I have to try to keep track because uh, I, I have a lot of trouble like kind of valuing my own work sometimes, especially like when people commission, mm-hmm. uh, so, like, if I don't have an idea of how long it's going to take, like, it's so easy for me to grossly underprice it because it feels like 20 minutes to me when I'm cutting something out, but it's actually four hours. Mm-hmm. So basing it on that, you know, basing it on whatever timeline I've constructed is can be hard because my time is not really on par with real world time when I'm doing that. So how do you base yours? You kind of have a price per hour type of thing or you you price by size or does it just depend on the project? I think it just kind of depends on the project by the style that I do it in. Cause right now I kind of have the two distinct styles that I'm working in by size, definitely. And I think also a little bit by like enthusiasm for the project. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't love, you know, cutting out certain things like doing people's, family members and stuff is kind of I feel like a little bit more stressful for me because they obviously are getting this painting done and paying for it of their family member because they love them very much and I I like get a little bit nervous that like I'm not going to capture them the way that they want it and it's just like it feels like kind of a lot of pressure so it's just it it varies on a lot of different aspects Mm -hmm. that makes sense so you're trying to trying to match like how they see them with your painting. I I feel like, I mean, maybe a little bit less so because I'm also an artist, but I obviously, if I get an image of somebody created that I love, I want to feel like it captures it versus just being able to look and see that it's the person, I guess. Mm -hmm. So what would, what would you call Muhammad Ali and the Malcolm X one and the Rosa Parks? Like, what is that style called? It seems like kind of a halftone, but I don't know if that's the right way to... Yeah, I know. I know. Honestly, I'm not super great with the terminology, but I know that the Muhammad Ali one was definitely full-on halftone. And I used the same process, basically, to create the Rosa Parks one. Just, obviously, instead of doing lines, like, had them cut up into squares instead. Just kind of using a different option in Photoshop to create that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, those are halftone works four layer images so warning to everyone else do not use squares for your halftones yeah i mean if you want to have a good time use lines and use (laughs) the long lines and not a lot of lines if you want to challenge yourself and traumatize yourself a little bit do the squares do the circles you know do something small that will progress your arthritis path oh for sure i feel like the circles would be there's no way I would finish one. That would be all circles. 
I don't think I would start one. I'd print it, look no. at it. And <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like awful. So do you, and I don't know if this is the case, do you put packing tape on your stencils? Is that what's on, on the surface? I Yeah, I do that. It's just kind of something that I did from middle school as well. Mm-hmm. When I did my original Malcolm Ali piece, the smaller size one, I spent probably nine, not not quite that, maybe six hours working on the last layer, and I was super excited to spray it. And I use a little bit of adhesive to keep um, my paper to the cutting mat so that because I use screen to kind of keep things in place. And I didn't put tape on that one, so when I went to lift it off the cutting mat, it just tore to shreds. And I just kind of want to, if I'm going to put, you know, 10, 12, 50 hours into a piece, if it's going to get destroyed, I don't want it to be destroyed that way, you know? Yeah. So kind of give it a little bit of extra reinforcement. Yeah, you at least want to paint it before it gets destroyed, right? Yeah, definitely. So you use the screens, like, so you do kind of like teacher does? Is that what you mean? I haven't seen a lot of, like, his process i've seen like his works but i know that i share a studio with a few artists who also do stencils um one of them was telling me about how he learned how to do the screen from teacher i think he used window screen in our studio we use a lot of uh joint tape or like the drywall tape and i'm kind of uh somebody on reddit i think told me about using tool so i'm trying that right now as well what is that uh it's like the fabric if if you've seen like a quinceanera dress when they have like all the or wedding dress where they have all the fluffy stuff coming off of it, uh, it's just kind of a really really fine mesh. And the finer the mesh, the easier it is for the paint to kind of go through and cover it without leaving a grid oh, from the yeah. So like the the joint tape leaves the the most apparent obvious grid. When you go look up close, like even if I think if you look at the picture of like my Malcolm Ali piece on online, if you look at it up close, you can see like a gridding setup from where the screen laid down against the paper. And just as the mesh gets finer, that gridding becomes less apparent. And with the tool so far, I've noticed that there is no evidence of it at all. So that's really cool. Huh. That's cool. So do you do that for like every piece or just stuff that you're spraying on the street i do that for a lot of pieces it just kind of depends if i'm doing like a more complex piece uh, i don't i don't like bridges i don't like having to having them in my work i know that you uh incorporate them in your work as part of the art and i think that's super cool it seems like something that uh would at this point of my creating would kind of stress me out a lot, trying to figure out how to go with the flow of everything and mm-hmm. make the bridges artistic. So the, if I'm doing like a more complex piece or like with the Malcolm Ali piece where it's just really long lines, uh, it allows me to, you know, not have to have bridges because it'll stick in the middle without me having to have the whole thing connected. Yeah. I've seen his. So Yes, yeah, teacher does his with the like the window screens and then glues the stencil onto those. Yeah, that's how I've seen him do his. I didn't. He's the only person I've really seen do it. There's somebody else in LA. She was on his Amy Smith. Oh yeah, I, I I'm with her. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I really like yeah, her stuff. She to- does the same thing because she was in. Uh, she was on his podcast. So oh, yeah. that's how I that's how I found her. Oh, that's really cool. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's she did a tour of um her space a couple weeks ago maybe oh you might have seen you probably saw my workspace too then yeah i was gonna say now that i now that i think about it i was trying to think she didn't i don't think she talked to anybody else but it seemed like a really neat space yeah so. think back to the messiest corner that's probably me <laughs> well that's really cool so do you go there just is that like the only place that you work on your stuff or do you do it at your apartment too uh right now that's the only place uh I I had a place at my old apartment that I used to work, that I used to be able to work in. But right now, that's the only space that I have, like, space to do it. And especially since it's, like, five, four people who work with spray paint in there. So it's already, like, a very easy place to do everything. So mm-hmm. 
do you guys like collaborate on stuff or what's that like? Like having that many people that also do stencils to work around so often. I mean, I love it. I think it's super awesome. Um, I feel like we're constantly learning from each other and uh, presenting, you know, trying to share opportunities with each other. That Malcolm Ali mural that I did, two other, Amy Smith also did a mural on that same building and Mm -hmm. um, another artist who I share the space with, Carpart, who is awesome. uh, He did a mural on that wall as well. So like, we try to, we try to work together and lift each other up and like uh, open doors for each other too. And it's just like a really productive space. That'd be neat to have around here. So my plan is just to steal from everyone that comes on the podcast, but it'd be easier if I was in the same room with them. <laughs> yeah, then you could that see I... it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you wouldn't even know I was stealing it. Now everyone knows my intentions. So. Yeah. But no, that's really cool. So that all piece, what made you want to paint that one? When I'm cutting my stencils, a lot of the time... I'll like listen to audiobooks. And I remember I was working on a stencil and uh I started the the Malcolm X autobiography. Um and just kind of I'd been spending a lot of time like learning about uh you know, black history and stuff like that and trying to really get more in touch with the culture where I can, because I'm, I'm actually half black, but I was raised by uh, my dad and my stepmom who are both white and kind of removed from a large part of my culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, just listening, you know, to his story and knowing the significance his impact has had on, you know, my life today, my family's life, and just also knowing that uh, even just seeing imagery of people that they recognize on the street, like if somebody sees a picture of him, if a hundred people see that mural that I did and one of them sees either Malcolm Al- or, uh, Malcolm X or Muhammad Ali, you know, they might look him up and learn something. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was like a, a really good opportunity to kind of put like a little nudge or reminder out there to check stuff out, look at history, see how it impacts your life. Did you watch that um, Amazon movie, that one night in Miami? I haven't yet. I was about to put it on last night, but I didn't want to fall asleep during it. Yeah, no, it's really good. I I really enjoyed that. I did that and I just finished a book, uh, The Sword and the Shield. It's about Malcolm and MLK, which was really interesting. So, but yeah, I really like that movie. That was... It was pretty long. I don't remember. I saw the tags at 100. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna, probably going to watch it tonight. Yeah, I started real late, but at that point I was like, well, I just got to stay up and watch it. Like, I don't want yeah. to cut this one off and then <laughs> try and start back tomorrow and wonder what, where I was and what happened. So, kind of what is the reaction you've gotten from that mural? It's been overwhelmingly good. Uh, like I was telling you before we started recording, my partner actually filmed me doing it and posted it on their TikTok page. And it was just like kind of an outpouring of support. And it was just really cool to kind of be able to see reactions from people without having to kind of stand there and wait. And I think that's, I'm not like super huge on social media. I don't love it. I maintain it because it helps with my art mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for that reason, I do really like it being able to see feedback very easily. But yeah, the feedback on that piece was very overwhelmingly good. And I'm very sad that it's going to be torn down. I think in about a month, that building was sold and they're going to build condos there. Was that just a wall you were just able to get up on or did you guys, you had to set that up with somebody? I work with a, I work with an art gallery out here, uh, few locations and we had that location for a while for a little while we had to move out but the owner of the gallery knows the owner of the space so there was art on there from like a year and a half ago that was peeling and had been tagged up and the building was just looking bad and so one of the people in my studio actually had the idea of asking the gallery if we could update the art 
they gave us the green light and me and a few other artists took up some sections on the wall and it looks really nice now. Is that the biggest one you've ever, you've done like on a wall? Oh yeah, by far. I've only done, um, you know, kind of smaller pieces, canvas sized pieces that are easy to carry around. That was like my first, you have permission to do this piece. So I was able to scale up quite a bit. What were some of the the lessons you learned along that along that way? The most important one, which I relearned, is don't cut towards yourself because I sliced off a bit of my fingertip again. <laughs> uh, I think also just I went through when I when I was kind of working in the beginning. I went through like trying to really follow the lines and like worrying about like the details and whatever. Uh, and, you know, being really precise, getting my face close with the exacto, trying to get all the nooks in this 10 foot mural for some reason. And by the end, if you saw me doing it, my arm was fully extended outward. I had a box cutter instead of an exacto knife and I was just slicing across. So it kind of helped me like loosen up a lot with, with the work and kind of trust the process more and my ability to do it without kind of scrutinizing made it a lot more enjoyable. It probably helped that you'd done that one before, right? Like on a smaller scale. So you kind of knew, you kind of knew the steps and what it was going to look like anyways. That's probably, I think it would be really stressful to not only size up like that, but also do a brand new, brand new design. That, that definitely made it a lot less stressful, especially because the printing company that I printed through, uh, were only able to the print uh in three foot wide sheets so each layer there are 16 stencils to make up that image Mm -hmm. so as i was looking at it i couldn't even see like the whole image that i was cutting out just like a sliver of it so being able to like you know understand what i was looking at even though it really didn't look like anything was very helpful yeah, I remember you posted that on Reddit, and then everyone asked about your dog. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if you saw." Some guy got really mad because, like, I posted it originally, and my dog was like off to the side, and I think mm-hmm. like half of the people commented about her. So I did another post, kind of as a joke, where she's sitting on, where she was sitting on the stencil, and this one dude got like really mad at me, like for no reason. And said that I was uh, karma digging, which I don't. I don't know how Reddit works. I know that I post pictures on there, and people will give me feedback, and like that's what I care about. So it was like really bizarre. I don't know. Like I guess there's like this whole other aspect of Reddit that I'm missing out on. Uh, but it. <laughs> you get, like upvotes, obviously, and then people can give you like, you can kind of get like awards, which I think are actually like money in some cases that people will give you for posting stuff. So, I mean, it seems, it seems rude either way, but probably what they're talking about is posting a picture of your dog to get the upvotes. Oh, be like, it'd be like posting a picture of like a baby or something that people are just going to like, but yeah, either way, I don't know that I like that. sub, but there's, there's some people on there that make it not that pleasant to be on sometimes. Yeah. I was very confused in that in that instance (laughs) also her being on the stencil is still another really good size scale for people to see how big that stencil was yeah no that was the first thing that i noticed because it's (laughs) like you're saying like it's hard to tell how big something is if there's nothing there yeah if you have a whole yeah whole 50 pound dog sitting on there and you still (laughs) see the image like yeah other than that if you had a decent experience posting on there yeah i don't think i don't I think that's the only negative thing that I've gotten just kind of across Reddit, not even just in that sub. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not super, super active on there. So yeah, I'm not either. It's, it's kind of a weird, like I'm always surprised at what, what gets upvoted a lot and what doesn't. So I don't know if there's any like rhyme or reason to it, but I'm I'm constantly surprised at what, what goes to the top. So, yeah. Although I do get excited, I think once or twice I've gotten alerts saying that my post was trending. So that was really. (laughs) 
That's that was really cool. Yeah, I haven't had that, so you're way ahead of me. So I guess congrats. Congrats on your, your trendiness. You gotta you gotta start posting dogs, man. And my dogs, yeah. I got two dogs, so we'll see what uh I got two dogs and two kids. I should start just posting pictures of them. Yeah, put that right in the stencil. Don't even put stencils in there. It'll distract from the karma points that you get. Yeah, sweet, sweet karma. Got to get that. That's funny. I kind of mentioned it before we started rolling, but and now kind of knowing who you work with, what is, this is kind of a a male-dominated space. What is it like being a female doing stencils and street art? I mean, it's actually really cool because, like, I was talking about my studio. We share... um, uh, we share a space with, there are overall five artists and one of them is a guy. So our space is a very female dominated space. And if, especially if you've seen like Amy Smith's works is all, uh, very much female empowerment. And so in a way, like, it's really cool to kind of be able to remove myself and it gives me a really big kind of confidence boost when I do step out in the real world and start like putting my stuff up. But I know that um, until like very recently, I've like avoided showing my face or anything on my Instagram or associating it at all with my work because I didn't want like me like as a person to kind of get in the way of what people think of it. Cause when people would message me and stuff, like they'd assume that I was a guy and they'd be super cool with it. And there was like, one post where I was a while back where I was like showing I was wearing one of the shirts that I made and I was showing the back graphic and a guy DM'd me and like was like really inappropriate with what he was saying so I kind of like retreated from having my body at all showing on my Instagram again so like it's it can be like an uncomfortable thing people sometimes don't want to take you seriously even just kind of the aspect of like going out at night and spraying and being in the world at night. Uh, I think in Los Angeles, especially like as a woman, that can be a little bit concerning as well. But I do think it's evolving a bit. I was very surprised when I got into my space to see how many not men were (laughs) just in that space alone working on it and uh, I'm kind of being more exposed to a community of uh, female street artists which is awesome yeah no it's really cool I mean I, I know about Amy I'd have to get get some other names for you from you yeah oh the other people that are in that space so yeah I mean one of the bad things about it too is I mean as I understand it uh I think just I know that some of the some of the people in our studio don't even like feel comfortable sharing where we work because there are guys who have kind of shown an interest in showing up uninvited and unwanted. So it's just, it's really it's a bizarre it's a bizarre thing. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think you should have to worry about if you're just making art right yeah yeah i just want to make art (laughs) yeah (laughs) we kind of talked about this before too but i saw your your elon stencil what brought that on oh yeah uh this this guy who had come across my uh art online somehow uh messaged me letting me know of elon's intent to kind of be in Austin um, and his concern with Elon's arrival. He was saying to me uh, that he, he'd lived in Austin for, you know, some number of years and that he just loves the vibe that's there and like the environment that was created there. And just like his concern with kind of turning it into a, like a factory town for like lack of better elaboration, but mm-hmm. basically he asked me to create the stencil so that I could send some out to him and he can go out there and spray it around town. I thought that it was really cool that even though like, I don't think this guy is an artist, 
he understands like the power of the art, even though it's just text, but like kind of the impact that it has that somebody would go out of their way to go and spray up those words, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to kind of provide that for him and anyone else out there who wanted to, you know, uh, extend into like kind of that realm of communication, I guess. Yeah. It's Austin is, so we lived there for about five years and then we moved about, three years ago. And since then it's, it's starting to become like a big tech hub. Yeah. Um, so like Facebook and Google have, have um, offices there. And then of course, Tesla's building a new plant there. So I've lived in Texas my whole life. And it's like, I listened, like I was telling you, I'd listened to him on Rogan's podcast and it's real petty and it's dumb. But it's super annoying to hear them talk about like they know shit about Texas because <laughs> they because they get to live in their little rich bubbles, yeah, and get to go have barbecue with the governor and then pretend like they have an opinion on anything like re- actually related to Texas. <laughs> so it's not very evolved thinking on my on my part, but it's uh, it is frustrating. So. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird place. I mean, you can't buy a house there. I mean, I know that's kind of a a nationwide thing, but you know, I have people in my family that are trying to buy a new house out in Austin and this stuff goes for like hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price immediately. You just can't, you can't find anything like anywhere close to, to downtown from what they were telling me. So there's a lot of land out there, but it's not like a real infrastructure i don't know is like not really built to handle a giant number of people so i know it's kind of you were talking about the condos i know there's always condos going up there too so yeah elon is i don't know how popular he is in austin i don't know how popular he is in texas actually so i know i know people like like his cars but i don't know how many people actually like him yeah, I saw a lot of pe- a lot of people kind of messaged me saying that, kind of sharing that same sentiment. I was just curious. I don't want to go too ranty on my my <laughs> Texas stuff, but it's mainly more directed at Rogan. Like I'm kind of just over him living in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and pretending like he he's been here forever and knows anything. So rant rant over. Um, I was going to ask you. So you did those stencils on spray cans. Yeah, I saw those. It was really cool. How does how does that work? Obviously, you you can't do like your screens on that, right? Well, that's actually that's what I kind of started experimenting with. Tool four was those tiny ones. Oh, okay. The you know I I am I've heard you guys talking about hand cutting versus uh, automated cutting. I'm kind of like trying to move into like the space where because I want you know I want my art to be affordable I started making art because again because I couldn't afford art Mm -hmm. so kind of doing something with with this work the mural took 16 cans and I kept those empty cans and I had the design machine cut on a tiny scale so that I could spray it on those cans and sell them for a more affordable price to get more original works into people's homes and like it kind of felt weird doing at first because of the the whole debate between hand cutting and machine cutting and like i i really enjoy hand cutting my stencils but just kind of something on that small of a scale i couldn't do just for like my sanity uh, <laughs> cuz you know those stencils they will gunk up pretty quickly so i have to make you know, I'd have to cut them out multiple times, but I'm kind of like trying to evolve the way that I do it. And the idea is like kind of making smaller versions of stencils that I have hand cut and sprayed and having those ones machine cut so that I can sell them at a much more affordable price. You know, so I have like on my, on my website right now, I have these tiny five inch by seven inch original canvases 
for, you know, like under a hundred dollars that people can buy and they can own original art. So I kind of am trying to make that as possible as I can without kind of killing myself and then underselling my work. Was that something you hand cut for the, those canvases? It, it was still the same, the uh, same machine cut stencil, but you know, there's obviously also the part where like I went through the hours of creating that image online and there's still like a lot of, I was just curious. I wasn't judging. Oh yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Kind of being able to still, you know, there's a lot of, even with that, it's just like a lot of being able to like see the worksmanship in it throughout the many different stages that it takes to create these stencils that we do. Mm-hmm. I made some stickers the other day and I ended up cutting like four, four or five stencils of the same thing just to like rotate it through. Cause like you were talking about, it gets gunked up so quickly on those small ones. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is not a good, <laughs> this is not a good use of my time. Yeah. Just for something I'm doing for the hell of it. So yeah, no, that makes sense. And I've actually like my, I started like going bigger with my pieces to kind of try and avoid the details being so small. But even that I'm still kind of like the mercy, like what you said of what, what the printer can, can put out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to do that as well. Um, it just makes cutting it so much easier. What's that? Uh, just having a larger image, it makes it oh, it bigger. Yeah, yeah. I've, I kind of, I kind of worry though. I feel like it makes it easier on us, but I'm like, I'm trying to think like, what is the biggest, <laughs> what's the biggest painting I would buy and hang on my wall? Like, there's got to be some kind of limit, you know, to what yeah. is actually marketable. So I'm kind of in like the 18 by 24 right now. I feel it might be as big as I'm going to go. Yeah, it's funny because like there's the art that I do um, that I sell by myself. And then like I mentioned before, I work with a gallery as well. And they do like these giant 10 foot by 10 foot pieces sometimes that they sell. The gallery owner wants, uh, basically she wants me to find a canvas large enough for the mural that I did. So like a 10 foot by 10 foot canvas and spray it on that. <laughs> um, sure. Those are just in the stores, right? You can't go yeah. pick one of those out. Well, somebody on Reddit actually uh, told me to message them that they might be able to help me get one. But that's, I know that, you know, three foot by three foot canvas is pretty expensive. So like, I I don't think I can, <laughs> like, I have to be sure. Yeah. You'd really have to make your own frame and and do the canvas yourself, I think, for it to be cost-effective. I can't imagine what a 10 by 10 would cost from somebody. I'm sh- I'm sure I could probably live pretty good off of what it would cost for a while. <laughs> That's crazy. So do they think, so I guess there's a market for it if they, I mean, they think they could sell it for sure if you, if they're asking you to do it, right? Is that kind of the thinking on that? I think so. I, we work with some a staging company as well to stage homes, like nice homes in West Hollywood. So I think it's less maybe about selling the work for something that large, because I know that it is hard to sell work. We, we do sell really large pieces, but I think more often they are uh, used in staging homes, which also is like a really cool way to show your art that I hadn't thought of before. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I don't, I don't know if how confident they are about selling it or if like she just thought that it was a really cool idea and wants to see it come to life because she's also an artist. Hmm. Well, that's cool about the houses. I've never heard that using it for staging. Yeah, I guess I, I think there might be a market a pretty good market for it so that these staging companies don't have to just buy all these pieces of art to put in homes just to take them out and have them in storage. Yeah. So how does that work? They just kind of lease it from you. They, I guess they rent it from you for, or from the, the gallery. 
yeah so they'll they'll will the gallery will have uh, a truckload of art that they'll bring over to the house while they're designing it and you know the designers will pick what they want set it up and it'll be there until the house is sold and you know sometimes people will buy the house as it's staged with everything in it so it's also an opportunity to sell the art huh well that's cool how did you get hooked up with that gallery the owner saw my my friend's ex-husband worked with with them and he saw a video of me making a stencil of his son and they uh were doing an event in hollywood and they wanted to have like a live painting performance so he told her to reach out to me uh and i just went and did that live performance and then suddenly i was working with the gallery like (laughs) Like I thought it was just going to be that one thing. And then they asked me to come back to help with something the next day. And then uh, a year and a half later, I uh, still work with them. So, Wow. That's awesome. What did you, what did they have you paint for the live paint? I had prepared a couple of portraits of my friends. I had a stencil of my dog. I think I had a stencil of like a car and it was a really cool Honestly, that was probably the most fun I'd had at an art event. I work, I worked at a coffee shop at the time, and it was one of those shops where, like, the you know, you know, everyone who comes by. So I was telling all my customers, and like thirty of my customers came through to check it out, and like a lot of my friends came, and it was just a really fun and cool experience that I hope that we can do again once things are better because I've definitely gotten a lot better since then at making stencils. Well, that's cool. They actually showed up and they came to check out your stuff. Yeah. So what is that like? I guess it was an indoor event. What is that like painting around all those people? I feel like that would be stressful, but it, it was at first the, the, so the event was actually at that building that, uh, me and the other artists had painted on in Hollywood. So I was set up outside of the entrance. So when people first thing people saw when they were walking up was me painting. And it was really, it was really intimidating at first. I would, I had only been doing stencils again by that point, I think for maybe a year, maybe a tiny bit longer. And, uh, so I was really nervous to start, but it was just kind of one of those things that once I got started, like muscle memory kicked in and it was really easy and really natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you probably zone out once you, once you get painting, there's so much going yeah. on. You zone out and people are like asking you questions about the process and like, you know, it's this whole thing. I think that artists, we notice the tiniest details in our own work and expect everyone to see like it as a glaring, you know, just problem in the art and like nobody else notices it. So they're like, they're not, they're not being judgmental at all. They're like, especially with stencils, they just don't know how it works. So they're asking questions and it's just like a fun social thing. And I don't even, you know, I stopped even thinking about like, being nervous at all pretty immediately what was like the the most frequent question you got i mean a lot of people just asking like how it works yeah (laughs) how do you do it Uh, a lot of people kind of because you know a lot of the time was spent waiting for the paint to dry between layers so people would come up and i'd just kind of be sitting there talking to people and they'd see like a half done stencil and then the complete ones the completed ones that i had on the wall behind me Mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of asking me like how it works and having me show the stencils that I'd cut out and trying really trying to understand it overall. I know I've talked about this to other people too, but some people like bring actual stencils and show them to those people. But I was kind of thinking the other day it would be cool to see kind of what you're talking about, like the in progress. Like if it's a four layer, you have one one sheet with just one layer, the second sheet with one and two, and you kind of like so on, so they can like literally see. What happens each time you add a new stencil? That would be cool. It would have to be something small for sure, but just being able to see to see that progression, yeah, because it's still kind of hard to say 
what's going on there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely, like, my brain has gotten so used to it, but it's, like, almost the opposite <laughs> of what, like, a lot of people do, what we do. <laughs> so even even if I explain it very slowly and very clearly, like, it goes against what people think should work. So definitely being able to show them helps. Yeah, and I don't think anyone has, like, a, a frame of reference for it. Like, people that are famous in our world, like Shepard, Ferry, and Banksy, like, I don't know how much you know, the rest of the world knows about them. They're just normal people. Yeah. Say, I, I say, always just say normal people were like, we're some special group, but yeah. um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Though people that don't do yeah. it, that aren't like in the, in the art scene or anything. I wonder how much they even know. Cause those are like the two most famous. Like, so if they don't know them, they're not going to know, you know, somebody like Logan Hicks. Like I don't have a, I don't have a reference point when I try to explain it to people. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of, I, I sometimes try to use silk screening, which is which hasn't proven to be super successful either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing, right? Because I feel like it's still all these kind of random art forms that, unless you do it, you really don't know what's going on. Yeah, somebody will figure out one of these days. Well, and then we'll all have we'll all have an answer to that question. Exactly. What do you see your work? kind of evolving as as you go forward i know you're talking about you're doing these these kind of styles right now what what's kind of next on your on your list i'm not sure i think i've i'm kind of wanting to see more what i can do with the half ton a little bit see what i can do with like my drawing and how i can incorporate that i've kind of being on on trend with like the black history aspect of the last couple of works that I've done, um, I really want to do, I've been wanting to do um, a painting of Sojourner Truth, who had died like 200 years ago. So obviously there aren't good uh, reference photos to use. Mm -hmm. So kind of trying to develop my drawing a little bit to the point of maybe making that something that I can do, but I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of going in the studio and, messing around mostly until something really grabs me yeah well that's a good point right because those old photos you can't really <laughs> you can't really use them for stencils a lot of times because unless you like i was looking on photoshop the other day people that like restore old photos and colorize them and stuff like that and i'm like this is a whole nother skill set that i don't have i'm like i don't know if it's worth putting in the time to to learn how to do all this just to use one picture. Yeah. But you're right. There's a lot of like historical stuff that we're kind of missing out on just because the photos are so bad. Yeah. It's like somebody took them with a cob of corn or something. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm in like East Texas and they didn't like desegregate the largest uh, high school here until like 1970. And like right after they did it, they had like a big. So they keep all the buses in one spot. And so somebody went and bombed all the buses and I'd never heard about it until last year. Like I've lived here yeah. almost like my whole life and they put it in the paper. And I was like, I was looking the other day. I was like, well, those would be interesting to do like a little series on. And cause I don't think, I don't think hardly anybody knows about this. And no. it was, it was the same thing. Like I'm going through like the newspaper archives online and it's just can't do you can't really do anything with those photos so i'm kind of kind of what you're talking about trying to figure out how i mean i might be able to like half tone them that might be kind of a way to kind of hide it and still get the image across but yeah so no I, I i feel your pain on that so i guess i have to learn how to draw is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah we all i we all gotta try we all have to go through <laughs> that torture <laughs> Well, all right. Well, I guess we'll go. We'll we'll be drawing torture buddies. We'll go through it together. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So kind of the way we always end up is if you were getting started right now, or if you knew somebody was getting started right now, kind of what advice would you give them? I think with, with a few people who I have actually worked with, I think the biggest thing is just kind of a 
not trying not to start off too big and underestimate any step in the process. Like, you know, don't think that you've cut out the stencil and now you're at the easy part of spraying it or anything like that. Cause then I think that makes it a lot easier to get overwhelmed. Um, but just kind of work, work through it works at a pace that's comfortable for you and like stick with it because the first ones probably aren't going to be great. They're probably not going to be exactly what you want, but it's something that uh, you can progress through and you just learn so much and it expands your whole kind of understanding of art. I think the paint thing is still, everyone kind of mentions that because it's, it's probably like the hardest lesson to learn to spend all that time cutting and then just flood your stencil and ruin everything. So yeah. yeah, I think that's a great tip. And then, yeah, I think the size too. Like I, I wish I had probably done more smaller pieces when I was starting just to get more practice in instead of getting, I think I tried to go a little bit too big, too fast. So definitely could have used a little more practice before I started jumping up in layers. Yeah, I definitely, I, I was helping somebody uh, make stencils and they, I had gotten to the part of designing it first and they learned how to do that. And then they designed six stencils that they wanted to cut out. And I kept telling them like, Hey, you might want to design one and cut that one out first and spray it first before you keep designing these stencils to cut out because you've never cut out a stencil before and you don't know how to design it best to your cutting abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they finally like started cutting out their first stencil and basically we're like, oh man, I'm going to have to redo all of those other ones that I designed because this isn't working. No, well, that's, <laughs> I'm glad you stopped them before they just kept designing. Well, I mean, they designed all of them. They were going to pay to have them all printed. I was like, just do one, just do one, just cut it out. <laughs> You're going to suffer. Yeah. You're doing all these things that I already, like, I feel your pain that you're going to experience. So just yeah. do this one. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's hard though. Like even I started doing the bridges and even that's kind of been like starting over to a certain extent because I didn't used to, to ever mess with them. I'd always hide them. Yeah. So I've had to, I did the same thing. I did a couple of them and then I went and actually cut one and I was like, well, this one's not going to work at all. So I had to go back and redo it. Once I I got cutting and figured out what it was, the way I actually needed to do it. So now that's good. You save, like all the trouble you're saving people. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> For the people that listen, right? Otherwise, I mean, they'll just have to learn it the hard way. It's just such a simple concept that people, I feel like, just think, like, it's not that hard. You're you're tracing something, and then they do it, and uh, they regret everything that they've said. <laughs> I feel like um, stenciling is probably like the least respected part of the spray paint world. Do you... Do you get that sense, like being in LA and there being a, like a lot of you know talented graffiti writers and people that can freestyle? I think I think is kind of down there. I think, I mean, it's also a little bit harder for me to kind of pick up on it in the real world, just because I'm you know mostly stencil artists. I've heard uh, less, I think, from street artists and more from like more traditional art forms them saying that like people are cutting out these stencils and you know making all this money and like I could do that and like really kind of getting down on the stencil form but I think it's I think it might be gaining a a little bit more respect as social media kind of shows the effort that goes into it Mm -hmm. you know like people see me spraying a stencil and I remember um, I was when I was working with the gallery and I was spraying the stencils, one of the people who was working at the gallery came up and asked me how much it cost when I uh, got a new stencil. And I looked at her and I was a little bit confused. And I was like, do you mean like the cost of the supplies or what? And she like paused and she <laughs> uh, looked at me and she's like, oh my God, you you make those stencils yourself? Like blown away. Like people oh, thinking she thought you that just we bought just... Them- 
You yeah. just bought them at the store? Yeah. yeah that's funny. <laughs> Huh, so that's funny. people don't even understand, like some people don't even understand like that we spend hours cutting them out. They think that we just like, they, they arrive somehow and that mm-hmm. nobody makes them. Well, stencil elves are making them and we just, we just do the easy part. Yeah. And we're benefiting off of their labor because we don't pay them. Either. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. We got a little stencil sweatshop going on for exactly. all of us. Yep. So, no, you just, I know it, I was supposed to be wrapping up, but you said that for people uh, kind of going back on how easy they thought it was. And I just thought of that. I was just curious kind of what, what the reaction had been um, to your stuff from other people in the, in the spray paint world. Yeah. As soon as I tell them how long, you know, that, that big one took me like 60 plus hours just to cut out and like get all together. And Mm -hmm. then like suddenly people's perspectives change. And I did also notice, too, the person who I was helping, like, make these stencils that I was talking about earlier, um, they didn't really, like, like my art all that much. They didn't find it to be super impressive. And then they cut out their first stencil, and then suddenly, like, they were just, their their perspective of my art just changed. Like, pieces that they said that they didn't like before, uh, they were like, wow. I know what goes into that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least respect it. Like respect yeah. the effort it takes. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, I'll wrap up for real this time. I know you're, uh, you're on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that people can get in touch with you? I think that's the best way. Uh, just uh, at MRSN stencils, just my name without vowels. If, if you want to try to find me somewhere else, it's probably the same name. Uh, but if you actually want to like s- interact with me, then go to Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate the time. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks again to Emerson for coming on to the show. Make sure to check her out on Instagram at Emerson Stencils or at her website, emersonstencils.com. So, as always, send any comments, questions, suggestions to deathbypapercutspod at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram at In the Perimeter. Appreciate everyone listening. See y'all next time.